What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. All right, let's go ahead and get started this morning. How are you doing this morning, Bruce? I'll ask you just because it's yeah, good happening. Morning. Uh, good. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm doing good. A couple of things I saw this morning that I thought was actually really interesting. Coronavirus tattoos. Do you have any tattoos? I do not. You don't? Though I am passively looking at getting one. Okay, what are you going to get? I'm just curious. Um... I, I lean more towards like kind of like cybernetics, you know, looking like uh, some kind of technology or something like that. Yeah, uh, that's uh-huh. the direction. Okay, I so think. you want a barcode on the middle of your forehead? Is that it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> I think I think there might be a guy out there by the name of Gates that might have something for you if you're interested. Uh, you uh, could possibly uh, sell you one or, or something of that nature, but you have to wait about twelve to eighteen months, and I, I think he can get one mm-hmm. for you by then. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, coronavirus tattoos are here, including toilet paper ones. I'm assuming you don't want a toilet paper tattoo, do you? I mean, I guess it's it's a, it's a novelty kind of a thing. You know, it's fun uh-huh. marking a, a you know a memorable time of your life. So, yeah. I mean, I, you know, and you I can, can tell future it. generations, hey, I was here. You know, I I was here mm-hmm. during that time. I got yeah. it during that time. Yeah, just I don't know how good a roll of toilet paper will look when you get older and skin starts to stretch you know, a little bit. Apart from that, one thing I've always been told, and I could be wrong for anybody that knows tattoos, of course, better than I do, which <laughs> there's a lot of people to do that, but I could be wrong. But I've always been told by tattoo artists themselves that the hardest color to get on skin is the white ink. For some reason, it just doesn't take. And so when you have something like that, I mean, it's it's hard to even get the color right. Especially if it's a white tattoo, right? Because in this case, it would be. If you're getting a roll of toilet paper tattooed on yourself, which <laughs> why would you do that? Well, it depends on the art style. I suppose. And I guess it depends on the quality of, of the, the artists themselves and, and their equipment and things like that and the inks that they use. I, I don't know. I, I'm completely, completely blind in that industry, although I do have one. 18 years old. <laughs> Parents tell you not to do it, so you go out and do it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Rebellious American, I get it. Yeah, yeah, it was that. Uh, but anyway, there was something else. Oh, yes. Uh, speaking of toilet paper, I was at the store yesterday, and all the toilet paper's been restocked. I don't know how it is down where you're at, but all the toilet paper here has been restocked. That's how I kind of figured that, yeah, all right, maybe it's kind of winding down. You know, the, the hysteria is starting to wear off and, and all that stuff. They even took the signs down. I, I remember seeing a, an article on someone was trying to return like 1200 rolls that they had bought for the pandemic and they were trying to return it and the store was like yeah no you got to sit on that sorry why would you return that it doesn't go bad and you can use it continue to use it you never had to buy toilet paper again for the rest of your life i mean yeah. i mean i went out and i bought a half a pallet i mean it's not like i'm gonna throw it away i mean it's gonna get used right yeah yeah you just use it over time it, especially this is the thing Let's assume that they're correct in in some of the predictions and we are going to go into a Great Depression, right? Barter item. There you go. You know, people like toilet paper. (laughs) So it's amazing. And this is something that uh, this is something people really don't know. In the time of an economic crisis of every proportion, it, it doesn't matter. In a time of economic crisis, you know what the most valuable item to trade for barter and trade is in an economical crisis? You wouldn't believe it. It's not money. 
It's not gold. It's not, well, in this case, I suppose it'd be toilet paper, but seeds. I was going to say seeds or salt is seeds. what my guess would be. Yeah, seeds. Yeah. Well, yeah, salt too. Seeds, you can, well, I mean, seeds are invaluable. They're they're more valuable than, than money in, yeah. in a time of economic despair because they gives you the ability to grow your own food. Yeah, they, I mean, you, you have that, then you do use the salt to preserve it. Of course, you could use sugar as well. I didn't realize they used sugar back in the day, but they did to uh, prepare foods, you know, or, or, you know, prepare for storage. Dry it out. What else is going on this morning? What do you got? Hmm. Well, uh, I was just skimming over. Uh, this, one's, this was kind of a funner one uh, into technology. Um, NASA scientists were detecting evidence of a parallel universe where time runs backwards. Now, they're, they're running an experiment, right, at the Antarctic Impulsive Transient Antenna. Kind of a mouthful uh-huh. of the name, but what, what is that exactly? Basically, basically, what this device is is it's a it, it detects uh, energy basically. So you know particles. There's no where they're doing it. There's no radio waves to distort any any of the readings or anything. And it basically can detect low energy subatomic neutrinos. So uh, or you know even high energy ones, but high energy ones typically can't penetrate this the surface of the earth the low energy ones can long story short what they're finding is there's these heavy particles that are high energy and they're calling them um tau neutrons and they're able to travel through the earth but they're traveling up from the earth so it's, it's almost like it's either being emitted from the earth or it's traveling through the earth and high energy particles typically can't do that especially the, the heavier variety like that. So what they're saying is, because they found this, their their initial findings is, or predictions, is there's a parallel universe that is opposite of ours when it comes to physics. So I would have to see the papers on this, because they, they don't link, it, link anything to the paper or anything, but honestly, it sounds a little far-fetched, if you ask me. But I was going to say, that's, you know, that kind of sounds like some Area 51 stuff, doesn't it? Yeah, this sounds, I mean... We've kind of talked about it before. Science fiction usually becomes science fact over time. Um, not Now, to be fair, not all sciences in science fiction become science fact. But uh, just a quick example, look at Star Trek, the, the, the old Star Trek. Um, he used to use a tablet or PDA or whatever you want to call it, uh-huh. uh, Kurt, on the, on the you know, uh, Enterprise. Yeah. We, we have those now. You know, I mean, so they, they have some of the same concepts that we're experimenting with. And I, I believe I read a paper before they were exper- experimenting with teleportation, which was very rudimentary and, and only could transmit like single particles, but uh, a sh- very short distance. But um, yeah, so the, the idea of a parallel universe, science fiction, plausible. I mean, maybe uh, with the whole string theory and everything, maybe, but to have one completely opposite of, of our physics and everything, I mean, sounds a bit sketchy. You know, you mentioned there about science fiction becoming science. Would you say science fact, fact. or science reality? Yeah. Yeah. Science you fact, know, yeah. I, I kind of I look at all this stuff that we're doing now and essentially with like the private sector. And I'm talking with guys like Musk and guys like Bezos and um, what's his name? Branson. Of course, those other two, the last two I named are kind of slacking in this department. But we're making progress into space. And it's being done through mm-hmm. the through the free market. And if you would have if you would have brought this up, say I don't know, fifty years ago, and you would have said, "Hey, uh, this is what we're going to be doing. We're going to be looking at colonizing Mars." People might have believed it, but somewhere along the line, we lost it, didn't we? We kind of got off track. Or do you not think that? Yeah, I, I do actually think that we should be a lot further along in that. But now we're in a we're in a time where 
science fiction is becoming science fact. We're talking about orbital platforms. We're talking about space-based weapons. We're talking, I mean, we've got a space force now that we're starting to get off the ground. They're openly recruiting and advertising for it. So, I mean, 50 years ago, this would have been science fiction, right? Honestly, if we would have kept going on the trends that we started, you know, with space travel and stuff, which, by the way, your cell phone has more computing power than the computers they used back when we first went to space, right? So this is... That, that that is absolutely baffling to me when you when you think about it that way. But so basically, we went we went to space with a you know rubber band, paper clip, and a shoestring. I mean, in comparison to the technology we have today. So why are we not doing the same thing? Like, why are we trying to? Why are we not trying to like uh, even even testing colonies on the moon? We, I mean, let's do it. You know, the moon's fairly close uh, astronomically speaking. You know, start there, get well, it working there. You can do some mining for your your helium or, or hydrogen three or whatever, so you can have yeah. your fusion reactors. I mean, yeah. Trump wants to hey. mine the moon. He wants to mine the moon. So I mean, you know, we're not using it for anything, as far as we know. There's no life that, that's up there, right? So it's not like we'd be damaging yeah. any ecosystems. I can already see the UN clamoring about that one. I mean, there is a so there would be an argument of. It depends on how much material you're moving from the, the moon, remo- removing. If you if you significantly change the weight of the moon, it's going to reduce the gravitational pull, which would reduce the Earth's tides and that sort of thing. So it would impact the Earth if we were to like strip mine the place and just, you know, take a bunch of material off of it. I guess, I guess my thing is, is you're going to have to devise a way to get it to and from in a timely manner to make it cost effective, right? Yeah. Um, one of the theories, though... It, it's okay. So one of the theories is a space elevator, which is quite literally just more or less having a cable running from the surface of the earth to space, right? To the edge of, of the gravitational pool or, or the stronger points of it. And you could more or less use an elevator because of, of um, the force of the earth spinning, right? Centrifugal force and the gravitational pool. Uh, that cable was be self like, it would suspend right there. It, it wouldn't fly out because of centrifugal force, and it wouldn't fall back to the Earth because of gravity. And you would you would kind of have this, you know, a means of traveling from the Earth's surface to space relatively cheaply. The problem is for us to have the technology to do that, we would already be traveling in, in interplanetary anyway. So, you know, at that point, it would be uh, null to do it. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, the other thing you're going to have to look at here, right, because what was it? The, I, I read this morning. Let me see if I can pull it. Astronauts prepare for historic SpaceX launch. The first crew of the, see, on Crew Dragon for NASA. So hold on a minute. This is being done through NASA? I thought he was doing this independently. They're sending NASA astronauts. I see. So these guys are already trained and ready. Like, they, they do trips to ISS. But they're they're because they're already trained and ready to go, they're, I imagine, agreeing to, to being launched into space by SpaceX. And uh, another point on this, uh, kind of... Because we've delayed on this so long, we, we kind of, it's kind of like riding a bike, you know? Yeah, we already have some of the, the calculations, the technology, you know, the, the knowledge of traveling to space. But it's kind of like when you, haven't, when you haven't done it in a while, you're a little rusty when you first get off, right? Right. Kind of the case in SpaceX. Some of the, the initial launches and stuff were a, bit, a little bit shaky. Lost some launches and, you know, some malfunctions and what have you, which is the same thing that NASA dealt with in the beginning. If we would have kept going from when NASA first did it back 
what was it 60s what was it 50 50 uh, the initial plan the, the initial plan started to get rolling in the late or excuse me mid 50s that's about the mid-50s. time we got okay, the uh, cool. the scientists shall we say which we all know where they came from oh yeah 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 so if we would have kept going from there and kept going with that technology and and you know we, we could be far far further along in space travel but you know i mean when we seen the shuttles you know tragically explode that was technically old technology that technology was 20 years old at that time 30 years old so i don't know it's just it's time for an update on the technology and we we need to get back up there back up there we're explorers that's i mean what humans tend to do really well uh when we're out exploring and you know mm-hmm. curiosity drives us yeah well you know like i said we're, we're way behind you know but and you made the point there about us getting back into it kind of like you get back onto the bike after you've been off of it for a long time that's because we've had regressives in power for the last 50 years they've done everything they yeah. could you know they've could to defund and debunk and derail the u.s space program so it's time to get moving on it and i think it's fantastic see that's what a lot of these elites can't stand they can't stand that it's going to put us ahead. We got to stop all this bickering. I mean, we're going to have to deal with these problems here, but this is going to be the last one. When I say the last one, I'm talking about uh, groups like, you know, the communist Chinese and and useless, irrelevant organizations that are sorely outdated, like the UN and all this stuff. They, these things are irrelevant, right? They're irrelevant. They're has-beens, right? I mean, we can, we can button yeah. those things up in, in no time. But the fact is, is that we need to be putting these things aside. We need to deal with them. We need to set them aside and we need to get into space. That's our future. Not this garbage here, not this 20th century throwback, right? Not not that, right? We need to look forward and we're looking forward. We've got entrepreneurs that are looking forward and it's a great thing. We're on the cusp of it. We're about to go to the stars, which is where we need to go. That's what humanity mm-hmm. needs to be focused on is advancing mm-hmm. ourselves as a civilization and working together to a higher goal, right? Not this, not, not this crap. So anyway. I agree. It would solve a lot of our problems. It would. It would. Like- they're saying we're, we're overpopulated or whatever. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, if we were traveling in space, you'd call could colonize other planets. That would solve the problem. You know, get a get a system started up in another planet, move some of the excess out there or what have you. You know, um, I'd like to nominate. Know, I'd like to nominate the planet Mars to be the first liberal green colony. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, they could go green up there. There's a lot of CO2 that they can uh, yep. deal with. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of regulations and rules and everything they can put on the, you know, they can put on the planet uh, and yeah. they can control all of that. And because it's it's full of CO2, it's man made. Right. So it, it's I mean, already their favorite color. It's red, which you notice those colors are, are reversed in the U.S., right? Like everywhere else in the world. I did notice that, yeah. Yeah, everywhere else in the world, the conservatives are, are labeled as blue and the socialists are ra- labeled as red. You notice they flipped that in the U.S. on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, millions of Americans are skipping their credit card and car payments. And I think you even said mortgages, too, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, there was an article yesterday. I was looking over four million Americans are, are skipping out on their mortgages because oh, they, they can't wow. afford it. I remember back in uh, 2009, it was like right after the housing crisis. Do you know what banks were telling people to do that had mortgages? Walk away. Mm-mm. Just walk away. As in, get all your stuff out of the house and just walk away from it. That's what they were being told to do by the banks. Yeah, so they could foreclose it. And- right. Right. And that, well, of course, you had issues where you'd have like squatters come in there and it's just it, it was a mess. But this is the same thing. You're going to have my goodness, uh, you're, you're going to have repos 
like crazy. I mean, that, that would be the biggest business to be in right now would be the repossession business, right? I mean, I, I know some people that uh, they yeah. could really, yeah, they could really get into the repo thing. That honestly, this would be for me, this would be very difficult knowing that the pandemic, the shutdowns and everything was mandated by the government. Now I'm going to go in and repossess someone else's property, not for their anything that they did wrong. It, it's because of the government. That would be really tough for me to go in and do even if it is just business. You know, I wonder, I'm just, I'm trying to put it together in my head, how people are going to come out of this. I'm talking about financially, right? From a credit rating standpoint, like their credit's going to be destroyed in a lot of cases. If you're throwing your car payment and you're throwing your your credit card payment, what's that going to do to your credit? I mean, we're going to have a wave of bankruptcies that are filed across the country. What's that going to do? Hmm. Uh, Honestly, if the trend keeps going and the, and the we kind of talked about it before, um, credit card companies are, are reducing your spending limits during the pandemic. You know, people are going to start going hungry. They're not uh, homelessness is going to be on the rise. It's just that's kind of the things that that it looks like is, is coming. It's going to happen. And uh, I don't I don't like it. And it's a it's a tough thing to see. This is not something that's going to happen right off the bat. Right. It's going to be three, six months, year down the road. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not their and fault. Like I said, it's no, not necessarily it's not. their fault. It's, it's not. I you know, I was reading something else today. Somebody was saying that um, I was talking to someone this morning. They said, oh, the cases are, unfortunately, they're watching the TV. So, I, I mean, that's all I can say. Oh, these cases are, now that people are opening, these cases are rising everywhere. I said, no, they're not. They're actually going down in states that are open. Mm-hmm. And it's just yeah. the, the news. And now you see some nonsense out of China. They say, oh, well, we've got another hundred million on lockdown. We had to lock down another city. Well, we can't trust anything those people have set up to this point. So why would we believe that? Yeah. It's like, it, you know, it's possible. It is possible. It's possible. Of course it is. Well, it's possible that China already had a um, first outbreak and we didn't know about it. You know, it wasn't really publicized. And then the one that we've seen where they started doing lockdowns and everything was the second outbreak. Because I've heard speculation that this has actually been going on in China for longer than what we've heard. Uh, and it's possible that China has been dealing with this long enough for a first wave and then a second wave to hit. And they may have seen what was going on in the first wave. And then they, the, the second wave hit and they were concerned it was going to be a problem or what, what have you and mm-hmm. shut everything down. So I don't know. I don't know. The only thing I can tell you for sure is that the Chinese Communist Party is in, involved in a massive disinformation campaign. And, yep. you know, I actually I heard somebody call it the other day, uh, the Wall Xi Journal. <laughs> because they bought the Wall Street Journal. That's funny. Yeah. Right. The That's Wall Street Journal. Yeah. And uh, what was the other one I heard was um, the Washington Post. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> because they carry water for the CCP. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. That's funny, though. There's racist something else. It, funny. It's not racist. It is not racist. It, well, I'm talking about <laughs> Xi Jinping. It's not racist. How is that racist? I, I understand. No, no. It was, it was, I was being facetious. Uh huh. The ACLU says that they're warning against the fever screening devices. They're cautioning against the use of widespread of these things, saying that it's intended to detect fevers in a people from uh, from a distance. But the organization said or said on Tuesday that the pandemic has flooded the market with these devices, many of which produce unreliable readings. So why do we have them? They say that it infringes on our privacy. You think so? What? They'll come out against something like this, but they won't come out against anything else. You haven't come out against anything from the start of this, how people's rights were stomped on by a bunch of out of control idiots. So what is it? Now there's something that you see. You Now you see the lockdowns are ineffective. You see the social distancing and the mask wearing isn't about a pandemic. It's about some nonsense. It's about control. 
And so you see the numbers are bogus now because of all the ginned up testing, all the doctor testing. And the numbers are actually dropping in some states. But now they're talking about, oh, we're going to bring in these uh, thermal monitors. Oh, well, that might infringe on people's privacy. Really? Where have you been up to this point, ACLU? Where have you been up to this point? You've been nowhere to be found. I was asking in the beginning of this, I said, where's the ACLU? Where is one ACLU person? One. Where are they? They haven't been anywhere. And now this, you bunch of hypocritical pieces of trash, all of you. You know, I heard a a fun argument here the other day. You know how the the left is saying the pandemic and the, the Green New Deal especially is to help the 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 okay so the pandemic obviously isn't helping them the the ones that are worst affected by the pandemic and the climate change and all that are the minority groups right the the lower income the the frontline and vulnerable communities as they're called well interesting note if you were truly concerned about those groups would you not encourage the economy to be roaring here in the US because our consumerism is fed by these other nations that are worse off than we are. They get $3 a day or $3 in a month or what what have you, right? Yeah, so there are business practices as far as they're more or less sweatshops, you know, it's slave labor with a few extra steps, basically, right, in those places. But it's they're better off than they were. And it's helping pull their nation out from, you know, poverty. So if they really cared uh, about this, the frontline of vulnerable communities, then they would be pushing for more economic stuff here in the U.S., like more consumerism, uh-huh. more prosperity here so that we can help bring up others. But they don't care at all. They're, all they want to do is enact control. They care about as much of uh, economic recovery as they do about Trump taking hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> yeah. There's not much concern there. They hate this guy anyway. Why would they care what he takes or what he doesn't take? doesn't matter. Oh, this is going to be fun now. This is going to be fun. They, they have opened the floodgates. Uh, for Trump. They gave him a free pass to bash them now mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they called him morbidly obese. And uh, you know full well he's going to come out swinging <laughs> and it's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. We're going to have to uh, we're going to have to end there. We got Beijing Joe coming up this afternoon. You don't want to miss that. Yeah. Beijing Joe or, his son. or in this case, mm-hmm. it'd be Ukrainian Joe. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. In this case. So hopefully this will this will pull up the, the Beijing stuff. And I don't know, you know, it mm-hmm. feels like the whole Michael Flynn stuff is tied to that when we've dug it. OK, it doesn't feel like it. It really is tied to the, that whole. Uh-huh. It, it's a big, dirty, messy thing that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, oh, it's a festering problem. Out. And it's going to look bad it when it comes out. It's going to look bad. So we're going to have to uh, jump out of here this morning. Thanks for sitting down this morning, Bruce. I'll see you in just a little bit. Thank you to all the listeners for tuning in this morning. For all these topics and more, please check us out later on today. And I hope everyone has a great morning.